<laughs> Guess what? I got Red Dog with me, yo. Red Dog, Red Dog, Red Dog, Red Dog. Oh. Welcome. What's up? <laughs> How's it going, man? Yeah, I love the intro. <laughs> it, it's the thing is, I I think the drum represents consistency. You know, it it, it 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 it's my spirit. It's my consistency. Stay with beating my drum to my to the way I beat my drum. Like that's why I take the drum to the ring with me. You've seen me at yeah. shows with it. <laughs> like it's it's just it's a it's it's got like sacred meaning to me and uh i feel like the beginning of every podcast i do something that's not like every single time i've ever done so it's not the same exact thing but you know i'm gonna beat the drum and i'm gonna say some stuff and sometimes it's gonna be pretty unpredictable well actually (laughs) all the time it's gonna be pretty unpredictable it should be though you should you know it's like you said you got to beat to your own drum i feel like Mm -hmm. that's just like it's a good life lesson to learn like a lot of people keep thinking about themselves and they're just like well, this person did this. I'm like, listen, but that's not what you want to do. What do you want to do? You know, yeah. I have a I have a tattooed on my arms. It says, uh, my life, my line, right? It was something mm-hmm. that my dad told me as a kid. Like, he used to say to me all the time where he's like, listen, man, it's your life. Walk your line and just do your thing. And uh, I didn't realize it at the time. I thought it was like the coolest thing ever. And then when I got older, I realized he got it from a Johnny Cash song, which by all means, like, I have no problem with Johnny Cash. But mm-hmm. I'm just like, Oh, I got something tattooed on me that my dad legitimately took from Johnny Cash. Right. <laughs> you know, you know, not enough people are courteous enough to give the credit to the place that got the, the thing. I, I I make sure if it's ever a thing I didn't come up with to give credit to the thing that I maybe it gets annoying to hang out with me to be like, did you ever see Zoolander? Did you ever see Biodome? Like I always like I bring up what I'm quoting because. It's important for people to not think, oh man, I got this from Corey. He's so funny. And then <laughs> like and then like later on they're like, that's from Zoolander, you dingbat. And then it looks like I'm some unoriginal jerk. What an underrated yo, what an underrated movie Biodome was. Like I'm glad oh, yeah. you brought that of all the movies you could have like possibly named, like Biodome is like one of my favorite movies like of all time. <laughs> well, you know, um, Pauly Shore. Mahi Mahi? Where do they get this shit? (laughs) Bring the mountain to Mohammed. Yes. (laughs) I just, the thing is, what makes it so funny is that every once in a while, my daughter will run around the house and she's like, Matra! Matra! (laughs) And like, she had no, like, we watched, we watched uh, Godzilla versus Kong, right? And uh, so she got to see the new one. And I, I showed who Mothra was. And then so she realized, and when I started doing that, she's like, what is that? And I was like, oh, it's just from this movie called Biodome. It's so cool. And now she runs around and she's like, Mothra, Mothra. <laughs> I'm just like, would you stop it? <laughs> me, me and some of my friends, we used to always do tribal. Do <laughs> <laughs> you just ever walk in a line with your friends too and just be like, doo, 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 doo. Yeah, yeah, all the time. <laughs> all, all the time. It's not... There's no, there's no joking around about that being a thing I did all the time <laughs> when I was younger. I love it, man. They're like, just like the jokes, like the, the great jokes that were coming off. They're like, it's the thing is like that movie was so good. And so many people are like, I've never heard of him. Like you got, you got to watch Biodome. I was like, it's I, one of my favorites. <laughs> I saw a post on Pauly Shore's Instagram like yesterday about how they're make, they might be making a sequel 
to Biodome. They might be making a Biodome too for Netflix. Oh, I would I'm be, for it. I'm for it. Yes. Paulie Shore is actually performing at Punchline Philly tonight. Oh, well, nice. like this whole he he was here from Friday this weekend. So I I I kind of wanted to go, but had a weekend of stacked plans, lots of adventures. I understand. I was supposed to go to um. The crazy thing was is like as of like yesterday, right? My my daughter had a her dance recital. And the funny thing was, is like, so I, I've loaded up my wrestling schedule like every Saturday. So I'm pretty much working every Saturday. But I knew one of these Mays was going to be one weekend of May was going to be her dance recital. So I was just kind of waiting and mm-hmm. uh, I had already been booked for EWA in Maryland. So I'm like all hyped getting ready. That's still around? And, yeah. <laughs> that's still and around? Like, Wait, that yeah. wasn't the like Christian. What's the guy's name? Uh, Chris? Oh, Jim uh, Christian. Yeah, he used yeah. to like hang out with the Backstreet the Backstreet Boys back in the day. Um, <laughs> yep. He like met the Backstreet Boys in CCW back in like the early two thousands, I guess. Yeah. Well, like maybe two thousand two thousand one era. Shoot. Yeah, yeah. And he, I remember it, uh, I didn't. That's where like Jimmy Stars and stuff were at in the beginning. I don't know if they, if he still works there, but. Uh, I haven't seen so. I mean, I've only been able to work like a couple shows there, so I really don't know much more about the history. Just that, aside from a couple people who were there, and then a couple of my friends who still work there, like it's it's not something I'm well like versed in just yet. So I'm still learning the whole process. But yeah, so I was supposed to work. I was supposed to work the show, and obviously I knew like my daughter's dance yeah, so I was coming up, and it just happened to fall on that weekend. So I was like, "Sorry guys, gotta pull out." <laughs> this is bad. What? So, do you live in Maryland? Yeah, you, you're a Maryland dude. I, yeah, I'm I, not, so I'm not from Maryland. I've lived in Maryland like the last seven years, but I'm not from Maryland. I'm like I'm a transplant. Where are you originally from? <laughs> uh, so when people ask me that question, I tell them because I was a military brat. Uh, mm-hmm. I was born in Colorado Springs, uh, moved all over the U.S., lived in Panama for two years, and then moved to. Texas, and then from Texas, I moved to Nebraska, and I lived in Nebraska for like ten years. So when I graduated high school, that's where I graduated from. So that's why I tell people like I grew up in Nebraska, and then I joined the military. That's uh, what I was about to ask about. Uh, you, you, what, what, what uh, branch? What did you, what did you join? Yeah, so I did. I was in the Air Force. Uh, okay. I was in the Air Force for six years, uh, and it was a blast because five Ooh. of those years I spent in Hawaii. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's nothing to complain about. No. Ah, darn it! This garbage, this garbage. Sta- they stationed me here. Ah, yeah. The funny thing is, is I, I'll tell this story. I I only tell this story to a select few people, but I'll tell the story here, right? So when I found out that I was getting deployed, when I was getting sent to Hawaii originally, right? Um, a bunch of my friends were all getting sent to Korea, right? And it's a cool station, right? You can be there for a year. But I remember these three dudes coming up to me afterwards. And you could trade duty stations with other people, right? That's kind of a cool idea, too. But they're all like, these three dudes got me into this room, right? Because they were like, we want to talk to you, right? And two of them I knew already. Mm-hmm. So anyway, this third guy who I really didn't know that well, tall, taller kind of dude. Anyway, he kind of backs me into a corner and was like, hey, you need to give your assignment to uh, your whole your Hawaii assignment to this person because they just got married and the first year of marriage is the hardest 
hardest of uh of any year in their marriage. And I was like, oh no. I was mm-hmm. like, we could fight this out all you want and you can yell at me all you want, but the worst thing that's gonna happen is you're gonna leave here with a broken nose and I'm going to walk out of here. <laughs> Still going to Hawaii. <laughs> and uh not even like four months later, all those people who were gonna go to Korea, like four of their duty stations all got changed to Hawaii anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like Oh, I'm so glad I made that choice. I was like, that guy, man. But uh, you would have got a, you would have had a broken nose and joined me in Hawaii. Yeah. And then what's funny is that dude ended up getting sent to like Northern California. And then he, yeah. And then he ended up leaving the military anyway. But I was like, yo, you try to back me into a corner to give up my duty station to go to Hawaii. I was like, yeah, go to Hawaii or go to Korea. Not that I had a problem with Korea. Just, I've never. I was like, I'm from Nebraska. I went to Hawaii. <laughs> Sorry, bro. I was like, it's not yeah. happening. It's like, you're not gonna right. bully me into getting like, oh yeah, make sure she gets. It. Like, fuck her and her husband, dude. They ended up splitting up anyway. So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the first year that marriage is hardest. It doesn't matter yeah. where you are. It's not yeah. like it's not like it's not like you you're you're a shitty person who's a shitty partner in a marriage in hawaii is going to be much different if you're a, a shitty partner in a marriage in alaska it doesn't right. matter if you su- if you suck your 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 marriage is not gonna last yeah and i was like i don't care i was like you know and that's the thing too is like the dude was like he was trying to be like the, the class leader and stuff like that and i was like dude you're not talking to me about anything like you're not gonna pressure me you're not gonna push me out you're not gonna do anything that's gonna get me to like oh even if you came to me and you're like, dude, we will give you $3,000. I'll be like, no, because I'm going to make more money in Hawaii than, than what I care about. I was like, that, any of that. But I will not lie. I did become envious of people who did go to Korea because, like, I heard about, like, all the fun times that they had. And while, like, I do, I did enjoy my time in Hawaii, I kind of wish I would have gone and explored a little bit more and just been around. Because, like, I've been to places, like, with the Air Force and not to, not to brag about or anything. But, you know, I've been to to Qatar, I've been to uh, Kuwait, uh, I've been out to uh, Germany and Italy, you know, I've, I've been to some pretty cool places, but I was like, Korea, man, like, it's well, you just got so paid, cool. You got paid to travel the world? Right. Yeah. So I was like, I can't, I can't awesome. be envious of it. People, so all, you know, I was like, people always talk about, they're like, I'm gonna go visit the motherland. I was like, I have been to the motherland. <laughs> they enjoyed my time in Africa. <laughs> so, inside inside of all your time in the air force in that time you were like i'm gonna be a worker you like like planned out that you wanted to do that or did you find that when you got here and like met met nick so this is funny because uh what ended up happening right is i got really fat and we're talking to the point of like i was like obese right and my daughter mm-hmm. was making my daughter got me to start going to the gym way she got me to go to the gym was she was like you're kind of squishy and i was like damn my wife started laughing i was like that's fucked up like you're laughing too like i don't appreciate this it's like i've become that guy so i started going to the gym like every day and started working out and i got down to like 180 pounds right from like 230 it was pretty pretty crazy about six months mm-hmm. but it was in that six months i met this guy who's wearing a green john cena t-shirt and we started talking about wrestling and stuff like that. And then I went to the grocery store and I randomly saw him there. And I was like, yo, what do you do? And he was like, well, I'm a wrestler. I was like, 
like a pro wrestler? And he was like, not exactly. He's like, I'm in a world that people don't like to talk about. And I was like, all right, bet. how do I get into that? And because I was like interested. And so when I went there, I started working with a bunch of people and they all kind of like said their thing. And then randomly I met uh, Van Williams. Like Anybody who knows Van knows he's very loud. And then uh, a few months later, I met Kindred and they kind of put the challenge out there. They're like, if you're going to do this, do this. If you're not, this is cool. Mm-hmm. Just stay here. Do what you want to do. Be happy. So I was like, well, I don't even know how to get into that world. So they all handed me Nick's number and was like, mm-hmm. here, now mm-hmm. you have this number. And I remember texting or I was uh, in contact with Nick and I told him, I was like, yo, I'll be at your place. And this was November of 2019. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. yo, I'll be at your place in January of 2020 and I'll start week one. And he was like, sure, buddy, I'll see you there. And then week one happened and I showed up and I was there. It was like, it was like 25 degrees. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> and I remember like going there and I shook his hand. I was like, Hey, I'm Cliff, man. I told you I'd be here. And he was like, cool, mm-hmm. let's see what you can do. And it, the rest was just kind of history. So is Clifford the big red dog? The reason you got your name? Yeah. So I've been being made fun of it. Uh, since I was in elementary school, yeah, like it was just always like, oh, just look at this good it... red dog, blah, 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 blah. Come here, boy. <laughs> right. All this stupid shit. And uh, I remember my sophomore year, man, I was like, I was, I was like, I'm done being mad about this. So mm-hmm. like, I just, I was like, make I'm, gonna make my I'm just going to run yeah. with it. Yeah. And it just became red dog everywhere. Like, I remember when I started originally, it was like, I wanted something cool and what I thought was going to be like edgy. So I was like R E D D D O G G, and then I found out that uh, that was uh, Rodney Mac's nickname, and I was like, "Oh, oh I, okay." I'm a massive fan of Rodney Mac and Jack, <laughs> and I was like, "I don't want to be disrespectful," so I was like, "Well, let me just right. go with like, you know, R E D D O G, right?" And I was like, "But that is Clifford," and I was like, "I really don't want to be ripping that off." And I remember mm-hmm. looking at uh, Georgia, and they had like the Go Dogs, the D A W G, and I was like, "I like the way that's spelled." I was like, "I'm just gonna take that." Mm-hmm. So then. That's how the rest of the name got put together. <laughs> so, um, dude, tons of stuff run through my mind about like, cause, cause you've heard, you've probably been interviewed on lots of podcasts and they've all asked you the same kind of questions. And, uh, I, I kind of don't see myself as like them at any other kind of podcast that exists, but, I, I'm kind of curious about, I'm kind of curious about like the, the upbringing, like what you, you said, military brat, right? Yeah. <laughs> so like, were you an only child? Were, did you have both parents in, in the picture? How yeah. That well, I had so- both parents. Uh, I have a sister. She's, uh, mm-hmm. she's like, I think 14 months younger mm-hmm. than me. So we're pretty close in age. Yeah, so I had a sister, and we kind of, uh, yeah, and I had both parents. Like, I just kind of moved from place to place. It was mm-hmm. it was wild, man. I remember, like, being in Colorado Springs, like, from, like, kindergarten. It was, like, pre- pre-K. I was in California for uh, in Fort Ord for, like, kindergarten. Moved back to Colorado Springs uh, for part of first grade. Moved to Panama City, Panama, because my, mm-hmm. my dad got stationed in Korea. Mm-hmm. And so I lived in Panama uh, second grade. I think it was like first and second grade. And then I mm. moved to, let's see, it was Reese Air Force. No, Shallow Water, Texas uh, for my third grade, Reese Air Force Base for my fourth grade. 
uh, Mitchell, Nebraska, Mitchell Elementary for fifth and sixth and part of seventh. And then I went to this place called Baird, Nebraska, which was like 45 minutes east of Mitchell. And that's where I went from seventh through my high school year, uh, the rest of high school. Mm-hmm. Total recall. Oh. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, so like, was it, was it difficult to hold on to friends? You what know, was, it, what was that? It was. For like for you, like when it came to like getting close with friends, did you have like your walls up a lot when it came to making new friends? You know, I think that's the one thing about me that I I've I value and I tell people all the time. Like the one thing that I was able to do was network really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um and it's crazy because like you can drop me pretty much anywhere in the US. And if you left me there for like three months. Three months later, you come back and there'd be like a whole bunch of people that you're just like, how do you know that guy? And it's just, it's weird, <laughs> but it's cool. And I, and I, I, I mean, I still could talk about like friends that I had like back when I was in Shotwater, Texas. One person's name is Darby Brown, right? Um, but we don't, like, we don't talk, but he, I could definitely mention him, right? Kyle Kitchens was another kid that used, I used to hang out with in, in Shotwater. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you can talk about my friend Robert Veal, who I used to run with when I was in Reese Air Force Base, or DJ Brown. Like, I can recall those names. Now, I haven't talked to those guys in years, but I remember like bits and pieces and friends that all came with me that I used to talk to all the time. It's just the craziest part is where, you know, you have to meet new people all the time and you kind of have to be your your interview self, like, I guess, all the time. <laughs> like, you're on first dates with everybody. Like, you're just asking questions. But it... I've become so open that like, that's why when people ask me, they're like, well, what can we not talk about? I'm like, I don't know, man. Like if you ask a question, I tell you like, nah, I don't feel like talking about that. Then that's one thing, but I'm pretty open. And that's why, because I want, I, I get to know people really quick. And then I just, this is who I am like on and off camera. Like, you know, what's weird is I know I've seen you so many times. <laughs> I know, I know, I know we've probably shook hands at shows and probably met, and I like I feel like I didn't know you or know who you were until like um it Instagram suggested that I be I listened to your podcast and it, it like brought up your podcast and I looked at the first the first like list and I was like, Oh, that's Craig. That's my friend Craig. <laughs> and I was <laughs> and and I was like, Oh, this is the guy who does like the military gimmick. I saw him at IWF. Okay, I know this guy. And then, then, and then I like was texting Craig, and I was like, oh, "I'm listening to a podcast you were just on." He was like, "That Red Dog," and I was like, "I guess, I guess." <laughs> and it, uh, it's wild because like that show. So now, Engineer Ring, right, is uh, part of the Three Count Podcast, right? And the Three mm-hmm. Count Podcast started December of 2019. Um, and the way that show even started was because. I brought Chaz on a podcast I was working previously, right? Because, you know, we, us in the podcasting community, I mean, we flow all over the place. But I was in this podcast called uh, Franken Culture Presents Frankensteiner, right? And it was a wrestling podcast. It was about, like, you know, weekly shows and stuff like that. And we talked about, like, Raw and SmackDown. And we were talking about how the new AEW was coming along and stuff like that. But I brought Chaz on as a guest just to talk. And Chaz got bit by the podcast bug. And I remember mm-hmm. him coming to me and he's like, dude, I want to do this show where it's like a debate show, but it's going to be like Skip and Shannon or like, you know, and I was like, oh, like around the horn. I was like, cause that's, a, you know, we can have like multiple people. And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. And so we tested the episode out on Franken culture and we just called it like 
the the test. I think we call it the test episode on Frankensteiner. And we, myself and Chaz, and we had our friend Chris, and I think we had our friend Noah all on, and we all vibed really well. And so I was like, yo, bet, we let's run this. And so we did, and we started going all the way until, I think, May of 2020, when the shutdown mm-hmm. happened in March. So we really didn't know if we were going to have any content to talk about. Mm-hmm. So we were trying to plan it out, and we were like, dude, let's let's do a, a podcast where we interview wrestlers. Because we, listen... Like we're in it, we're in this business, but we can network so well with everybody and just talk to them and ask them questions, right? Chaz and I knew that we couldn't get into a ring. So how else do you get better if you're not asking for advice, right? This is something that someone always tells you, right? Like mm-hmm. always ask those questions. So I was like, let's go grab some wrestlers who are on the podcast that are friends of ours and let's interview them. And so we started the first episode of Now Entering a Ring, like May 22nd of 2020. And it was with Big Trouble Ben Bishop. And then... From there, we brought on Sicken, and then we brought on Studio 22. James Ellsworth came on the show, and then, like, the show just started expanding. And then, like, 250 episodes later, we're like, holy cow, dude. We never <laughs> expected this to happen. We never expected to have Chris Van Vliet come on our show, and he did. And we're like, what the hell happened? <laughs> the show is like, I was like, this is the craziest thing of, like, all time. Like, we were having, like, all these crazy guests come on our shows, and I was like... You know, it's like a beautiful time about this time right now. A beautiful thing about this time right now. Uh, when I broke into the business, I don't want to sound like the old guy who goes, well, back in my day. But when, <laughs> but it was like, if you, if you for a minute were supporting wrestling that wasn't you, you were a mark, and you were you were like, like degraded for it. Like if you marked out in any way, you automatically were like given shit a lot. And like, yo, you belong on the other side of the barricade and not on our side. On our side, we're the workers who people mark for and you don't mark for anybody else. Unless you're marking for yourself, don't mark at all. That was like the way, that was like the, that was like the way and and that might have been that might have been something that was just ingrained in the business for a long time because the business was so heavily protected right that like uh, I think that that was part of it and that oh, I'm, I mean that that part of the old guard kind kind of let go a little bit and it, it's a little more inclusive of like yeah dude like like at the the show the show the last show I saw you at I was wearing a Bret Hart shirt and then Everybody kept coming up to me and be like, "Oh yeah, cool shirt." But like, somebody said, somebody came up to me, one of the older guys, and was like, "Oh, I see we're wearing the workers' merchandise now, or something like that." And I was like, "Oh my god, you're one of the ones left over, huh?" Oh man, you're one of the one of the leftovers, huh? It's funny though because like, all right, so I was at a Rich Swan seminar right in Maryland, and uh, Gilbert was there too. And Gilbert said, like, the thing that – and this is what made made me realize, like, it was okay to do what I was doing. Was he goes, listen, you got into this business because somebody else got you excited for the business. Mm-hmm. So it's okay to be a mark. Yeah, we're the so biggest mark there is. Yeah. He's like, everybody throws a super kick. Why does everybody throw a super kick? Oh, because they love Shawn Michaels. That's why mm-hmm. they do it. He's like, right. so be a mark. He's like, be that guy. He's like, it's mm-hmm. fine. And that, and I, I've taken that and I ran with that advice, right? Mm-hmm. Because like I've gone to people and I've asked tons of people because I want a podcast. And if I didn't feel like I could get anything from the pocket from that person, then I wouldn't ask them to come on the show. But 
as like in the same instance, like wrestling, this is one thing about wrestling is that like nobody gets to the top of the mountain by themselves. You have a team. Mm-hmm. And right. so with the team that you have, like, yo, why not branch out and just have everybody? Listen, LeBron James puts a super team together all the time by with whatever he's doing. He gets coaches fired the first day because he's like, I don't want to be with that coach. Give me this coach and these two players, and we're going to win a championship. And guess what? They fucking do. (laughs) So it's like, I get it, right? And that's why I was like, I go, like, I'll I'll put it out there. Like, we have Kid Bandit coming on our podcast next month. Like, that is exciting for me because here's here's this person who is making their way through the business, and they're just getting all sorts. Of, they're putting in tons of work. Like, I was reading a report, and kids said that uh, that they've been working for like ten months and already had a hundred matches. Excuse me, like you work in ten almost ten matches a month? That's insane I, to me. And I, I want to see that. I don't know who that person is. Based out of California, they're just uh, it's an up and coming. They've been on AEW Dark a couple of times. He's being okay. men. Uh, being mentored by Cody Rhodes, like yo, like, and that's those, yeah, those are things where I'm just gonna be like, how did you get here? Because <laughs> I want to know. That's I'm yeah. gonna track your path, but Man. I just I like to see the road, and that's and those are those are questions that are exciting to me, like getting to talk to um, Darius Lockhart and just having a conversation. He hasn't been on the show, but just getting to have a conversation with him, learning mm-hmm. from people, like you know, asking questions to Shane Taylor about what his worst bump was. And then mm-hmm. knowing I'm not taking that bump, <laughs> that's you, you important. Talk, you talk about mentor, uh, Shane Taylor Productions guy. Promotions, yeah, yeah promotion. Yeah. Okay, yep. I I never like followed his stuff, but I know that him and I had a match together in 2011, and I know I met him that day. And I watched that match back that we had, but I've never watched another one of his matches. I know I still follow him on Twitter and stuff, but I don't like know him that well. I know we've we've talked a bunch of times because actually my match that I had with him was my last match I had um, <clears throat> I had, in in the summer of 2011, I had to have brain surgery and I had to leave wrestling for for like 13 months. I had to leave wrestling to recover from the brain surgery stuff. Right. But my last match I had was with Shane. And uh, and he was like, oh, bro, I didn't know that that happened to you. So, like, when I – I guess I, like, posted pictures or posted videos or something from that match and was like, here's the last match I had before my brain surgery stuff happened. And he's like, you had brain surgery stuff happen? <laughs> and and we talked about it a little bit, like, from there. And I think I think from that – from there, I know he did – um. He did Luke's. He was at Luke's place for a while. The yeah. the wild. What, why can't I think of it? What's it called? Uh, Wildcat Sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I almost called it Wild Dog. That's not. <laughs> That's not right. That's not a wrestling company. But it's but it's crazy. That's what I'm saying. Like you, you can get all this advice and get all these all this knowledge from all these people. Mm-hmm. Why and and let's be real, we're we're workers, man. And the one thing that we like doing is talking about ourselves. So if I have a podcast and I can bring you on and let you just talk about you while I just sit back with my notebook and just write down notes, you bet your ass I'm gonna do it. <laughs> well, what I what I like about it, and it's it's funny because like this for sure isn't a wrestling podcast. It's a podcast that happens to have a wrestler who's a host, and most of the time I 
talk with comedians and stuff. So I don't really talk to to wrestlers on here as much. And uh, it's a lot of what I've done in the world outside of wrestling can relate to wrestling in some way. So it's unavoidable. Right. It's unavoidable to talk about, but like it's it's like I'm really fascinated with everyone's journey, like where they came from and what's helped them evolve to who they are. That's part of what the name of the show is. <laughs> I really want to know what what's you know what's taken part in your growth and what what are the what are the the decisions that led you to decide you were going to be a better version of yourself those you know kind it's of funny i i, I want to answer that question right so what's funny is that i am that person that will i i'm such a co like i'm so coachable right like and i think it's been because of like athletics right but i will do a lot of things that people will ask me to do right so i'll give you an example right so I went to high school. I didn't have the best grades, right? I think I graduated with like a 2.9 GPA and people would be like, well, that's pretty good. I'm like, yeah, whatever. But my core classes were like a 2.0. But I went to college because like my dad was like, hey, we need you, you got to go to college, do all this stuff, right? And I went to college. I had a wrestling scholarship. Um, and for fun, just throw this out there. Uh, one of my good friends, Roman Roselle, was at the same college that I was at, right? And it's a funny story because I'll bring it up later about why that's so funny. So anyway, I failed out of my first college. I went to my second college. I was doing well, uh, was on a, on the dean's list, and I dropped out so I could go join the military. And then from the military, uh, I got out, and my dad was like, hey, you should go back to school and graduate and get your, get your degree. And I was like, I should. And I did. I got my degree, and then I went and got a master's degree. And then I was like, I have done everything that everybody has ever, like, asked me to do, right? What do I want to do? I was like, what, what do I want to be? Where do I, I want to be in a few years? And like, I couldn't figure that out. Like I had gone through all these retail jobs and stuff like that, hated every minute of it, uh, was a scheduling coordinator for a security company. I liked it for a little bit, but then like it got old really fast because like, you know, when people work for minimum wage, they're not going to want to do the job because it's, they don't have to. So I was losing mm -hmm. out on that. And I think when I, when I decided to get to the gym, I was like, I need to find something that's going to give you a little bit more purpose. And uh, I found a job because like once I, I graduated my master's degree in, in health and sports science with the intentions of like helping pro athletes, like just stay healthy, because let's be real, like the average, the average NFL player, their career is about four years. And then usually they have something happen, right? Either they're, they get washed out of a team, they get injured, they go bankrupt, right? Just something. And I realized that that's what I wanted to do. I want to help people because it gave me the gratification that I was looking for, which was serving a bigger purpose than myself. And so when I graduated, I was trying to find that reason or find that thing and I couldn't find it. And it wasn't until actually this year where I became uh, a personal trainer that I found what I was looking for, which was giving back to the community and giving back to people and just making it, you know, giving that higher purpose. And I, that's what I enjoy, but it was because of wrestling that I was able to find that because I was like, I'm not the best in shape wrestler but I need to be, and I can work on that at the gym if I'm there. So I'm mm -hmm. at the gym working out and then working with clients and helping them get better. And then it makes me excited because they're doing it, right? I had a client who couldn't even do a squat. Like she was just having trouble getting off her couch. And it was just like a couple of weeks ago, she sent me a video of her 
not only just like getting off the couch, but jumping off the couch. <laughs> and I was like, damn, like this is you and I, we've been doing this. And I think that's what I want. And like me, myself, that's the, that's the whole point. I think that's what I've been put on this earth to do was to help people find their, find their calling and then help them get better in their life. And that's where I wanted to be. I wanted to be that person. And mm-hmm. I've you know found the place I want to be at. And it was because of wrestling. Like if I, if I wasn't pursuing to become a pro wrestler, then I wouldn't have gone down this route and found what I was looking for. So I think that's where like a lot of it's come out for me. So what I, what I discovered about you and why I thought it would be cool to have a conversation with you, whether it was on your podcast or my podcast or both, uh, I was figuring, uh, I, I, I just I was listening and just feeling all this humility. I, I just, you just, that, that kind of, soaks through your pores and and it and i it comes through in the podcast and i was listening to it and i was like this is not somebody who's like i'm marked for myself um like um i only started this podcast where i could talk about how cool my wrestling career is and talk about like but like you're not you're not really you're not really somebody who's all like forgive me if you don't know this word spell do you know what a spell is no, but a, 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 a spo is. I think it's an old like northeast, northeast, northeast word. It 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 means uh, self put over. Mm. Uh, so, so you weren't. I could tell you weren't a spo, and I could tell you had this humility and this, like, like you care, like you genuinely like ask somebody a question and then actually listen to it, and that's like. When I stopped doing other people's podcasts, when I stopped doing other wrestling, other wrestling podcasts, it would be these fans who would be like, "Oh, tell us about your first match." Uh, <laughs> other other stuff that's important that I'm paying attention to over here and not listening to anything you say. Like, and it, it I didn't feel that from you at all. You like not waiting for the other person to just finish saying what they were saying so you could ask the next thing or comment on whatever it was that was not related to what they were talking about no so, i think that's the one thing about about like podcasts is like and it was something like if you if, and i this this would be me putting this over but if you listen to the episode that chris van vliet and i have right it's legitimately talking about how when you have a conversation like the thing about podcasts that is so interesting is that you get to have these intimate conversations with people right it's just you and that person or maybe it's you and somebody else and that person but ultimately what ends up becoming it's you the person that you're interviewing and then the person who's listening to this. Hi to those. You in the red shirt. <laughs> I love the way you look, by the way. You oh, look yeah. amazing. Thank you for repping red for the red dog. But mm-hmm. it's one of those things that like you you get this, these cool, fun conversations with people. Mm-hmm. And then you find yourself enthralled and in, entangled into the conversation. And I always, I was telling Chris, I was like, when I listen to your show, right? I genuinely find myself having a conversation while y'all are having a conversation, but I'm having a conversation with you, even though I know you're not listening to me and you can't answer me back, but I'm having this conversation because it's so cool that I get to hear two people have a genuine conversation. And I think that's how my show is, is that Mm -hmm. even though the show has kind of changed and evolved over the time, ultimately it just came down to me and just ask questions and then listen and be interested in a conversation because you're going to learn something from the convo. And I think that's, that's what makes a good podcast is like the fun that you're going to have. And then the, the understanding and listening that you're going to get with it. 
Have you have you heard a lot of like feedback from people listening? Do they have like a, a common like a common compliment or common comment that they make? Uh, you know what's funny is uh, I have so one of my good friends uh, listens to he's listened to pretty much every episode, um, and he's he, all he ever talks about. He's just like he keeps coming back to me with uh, this is the best episode I've ever heard. This is the best episode I've ever heard. This is the best episode, but. What he definitely gets a lot from it too is that he's only been he's gotten back into the business, right? Mm-hmm. But he's he was training that he left and he came back. Oh, and now yeah. that he's back, he mm-hmm. um he's been listening to the episodes and he mm-hmm. says, I get something new from every single episode that you're you're on. He's like, mm-hmm. and I ask, I love the questions because I'm gonna be honest, okay, for you guys at home, you get to hear this too. I only ask the same I ask the same seven questions every single episode. But I get seven different answers every episode. It's so cool. And uh, I I love it. I love it. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, questions are like, the thing is, is what people don't understand is that when we have the show, like I would do the intros with people. I'm like, hey, you know, thank you for coming on the show. You know, we talk, talk, talk. And then we'll we'll start the podcast, right? But at the end of the podcast, that's where I'm asking all the other questions. Like, hey, man, like, how did you do this with your character to get this kind of reaction from fans? Those are those are questions you guys don't get to ask. Find those questions out. Only I get those answers, and then I write them down. But during the podcast, it's like, "Hey, what was the worst bump you've taken?" And you see people like, "Oh, oh, what was the worst bump I've taken?" And he's like, "I've never been asked that question before." And I'm like, "Cool," because that came from a question from a friend of mine that was on the podcast, and he ended up leaving. But I was like, "No, I took his question because I was like, I love that question." So it's the show's changed and evolved, but I love having conversations with people and just finding more information out and learning about them when you've been guests on people's podcasts is there any questions that you've wanted somebody to ask you that no one's ever asked you uh i don't know i haven't had i mean that's a good question i haven't ever had that question (laughs) asked me uh i don't know i i think the one question is that i get uh, i i don't like i don't like when people ask me about a certain wrestler on a certain show, right? Okay. It's weird because, and we all we all have like people ask me like, "Who's your favorite wrestler of all time?" By all means, I'll tell everybody. Like Rey Mysterio is my favorite wrestler of all time. But if you ask me, what do you think currently is going on with Charlotte Flair in this situation? I'm like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't because I when I watched when I when I used to watch wrestling as a fan, and I only noticed this transition this year, right? When I watched it as a fan, like I didn't care about the behind the scenes. Like I was just like, cool. It's Charlotte. She's doing her moves. Yeah, I didn't understand, right? But now mm-hmm. I'm watching wrestling, and I'm like, all right, cool. So why was it that Charlotte wanted to hit her spot that she took from Andrade, right? The backflip off the top rope into the backflip uh, or into the moonsault at this point in the match when you're already, like, 15 minutes into the match, and you're probably tired, and you mm-hmm. should start, like, kind of thinking about how you're going to wrap up this match. I was like, so why did she hit that right there? Like, I'm asking different questions now. So if you mm-hmm. ask me currently about, well, as a fan, how do you feel about this person? I'm like, I don't, I don't really have a, I don't really have strings pulled to it. There's still people I pop for when I see them, but I'm just like, eh, it's not the same like it used to be. <laughs> what what era got you in into wrestling? What was like your your like moments that you would say pulled you into it? So there's there's probably three big moments that got me into wrestling, right? The first one I love talking about because my aunt was the one who introduced me into pro wrestling. So it was a Saturday morning. She had me sitting on the couch and she was just like, Hey, watch this. 
and uh, you know, just en enjoy your cereal, right? And I don't know what cereal I was having. But what ended up happening was this dude gets into this argument with another guy with a big old beard, right? And he gets the guy with the big beard gets pushed into the ropes, and his top arms get wrapped up into the middle ropes, right? And he's just laying here. He's just like yelling, mm -hmm. and a dude goes over to this bag and he grabs out this giant cobra, and then the cobra strikes the dude in the arm. Right. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, my God, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. What is this? And my aunt was like, stop watching it. I was like, is it like this all the time? She's like, no, it's not. So, <laughs> you know, and anybody who knows that was Jake. Just no, like Roberts. Jake he was, yeah. And, and Macho yeah. Man. So that was the first moment I had ever introduced into wrestling. So I was like, yeah. I'm into this. And then yeah. um, I kind of fell off of it. And a couple years later, I was watching WCW Saturday night. And uh, this guy kept coming out of this the entrance, remember? Because like the entrance had like the open doors. Yeah, yeah. Fog would come out, and this guy with this long ponytail used to come in the crowd, just lay in the crowd. He's like, "Come on, baby!" Right, and he was just all hyped. And they're like, "Yo, this is the Lionheart. He's Chris Jericho. He's one of the our newest talents." And blah 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 blah. And I was like, "He's so cool. I like him." And then a couple, and about a year later. They're like, come watch us on Monday night. And I was like, I don't know what that is, but I'll try. But football's on too. So I remember watching TNT and this guy in all pink came out, right? Pink mask, pink pants. And he's wrestling the dude of a thousand holds. And I was like, yo, this who's this guy? And he's flying all over the ring. And then like that, those are like the three big moments that locked me into wrestling. <laughs> Do how old are you? I am. <laughs> 36 turning 37 i was like you're so young for these i feel like you're too young for these memories but i just look i just look young man i am i'm on the back nine according to wrestling years <laughs> yeah bro i mean i i, I mean i'm i'm two years older than you and I, well i'm i'm 38 now but i mean as far as like time spent in in the ring and and damage done to my body is probably probably 10 or 30 years older than you <laughs> that's like that's the trippiest thing though is like people tell me that all the time they're like you know and it was something because like xavier woods uh mm. had the song with uh mega ram right talking about pro wrestling mm -hmm. and talking about how the body reacts differently to pain at mm -hmm. the age of 35 than it did when you were 25 and i was like that's not true and i remember taking my first bump and it felt like i had just broken everything in my body and i was like i have no idea what happened i was like i like this but i have no idea what just happened uh, yeah <laughs> i was i was writing a blog uh for frank and culture at the time and i was writing mm -hmm. about my first bump i have to go back and find that because i really want to read it again mm -hmm. Maybe uh, a cool timestamp. yeah just to see yeah. it just to kind yeah. of in retrospect of everything yeah but it was it's crazy man i was like uh i was like yeah 33 turning 34 when i wanted to, when i officially decided, when i was in the yeah. backyard yeah i was like make, not making good decisions clearly mm -hmm. and i was like let's go pro <laughs> well i mean how how did you were you a new father at that point or did you have a kid yet no, so crazy enough is I, I when I refer to my daughter, everybody's like, "Oh, you know, how old is she?" I'm like, "She's she's 11, turning 12." Nervous, like, "Okay, what? You have an 11 year old?" I'm like, "Yeah, I have an 11 year old." I think that's the part that trips people out. I was like, yeah. "My dog's like I'm turning 13." My wife and I have been married for 12. We have an 11 year old, and everybody's no, like, yeah. "What kind of example are you setting for your daughter?" I was like, "A oh, great one because she's an well, artist. She's gonna, she wants she's to gonna do. follow her dreams for yeah. as long for." 
and she'll always she'll always have the example of it's not too late. Exactly. It's not too late to be exactly who you want to be. It's not too late to make the kind of changes in the world that you want to see. Yep. And I, I look back, DDP, DDP was like 30, 36, 36, 37 years old when he started. 35, mm-hmm. 36, somewhere in that range. Yeah, um, I mean, he was... He didn't even become a world he was, champion. He's like 44, 45. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a very, very... He's an outlier. He was not like your everyday guy. Like, there's <laughs> like the guy, the guy's like six nine. Like that's he's a huge guy. He was a massive dude. Yeah. <laughs> he was a bartender though. Like yeah, he owned a bar and somebody right. was like, You should go do pro wrestling. He was like, I will. <laughs> and then you see him driving a pink Cadillac, like, yeah, this is my life now. I'm a pro wrestler. <laughs> dude, did you see that show that he did on Netflix? No, it's called it's called uh, Guardians of the Globe. I think it's called. Um, it's like a it's like a it's total like Justice League ripoff. Like DDP plays like a like a Batman character. Mm. It's definitely worth checking out. Guardians <laughs> of the Globe. It's called. But I'm DDP does such a good job as as an actor in that. Mm. He act he acts really well in that show. You know what's funny is I loved him in uh, the Devil's Rejects. Like oh he yeah, was, he's amazing in that. Yeah, he, I was he like, did, I feel like a lot of people don't realize like DDP was in that movie, and then they look back and they're like, they look through the casting and they're like, Diamond Dallas Page, what? And then they look and they see him, and they're like, Holy cow, look at him! It's Diamond Dallas Page. <laughs> Do you know that with black of, hair? A, a couple a couple of weeks ago, I had a, I had on my podcast this guy named Andy Bernarski, and, and and he was he's like a horror movie legend kind of guy. He played like Leatherface in two of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. Okay. And uh he he um he he like he like talks shit about DDP and Devil's Rejects on the podcast. And I was like, uh I I whatever, man. Like whatever, whatever. like that whole that whole thing to me was very much like, ah, whatever. Like like I just so Sometimes, I mean, I'm sure you've seen it too, where you have podcast episodes where you're like, "Oh, this one's not that good. Oh, <laughs> oh, this, this yeah. one's uh, this one, this one, this is going to be way better. This one was way better in my head. I'm sure of it." I had a. I mean, what's funny is, I and you know, I have all the episodes I've had. I didn't tell people all the time. I'm like, I, I, if I come to you and ask you to be on the podcast, I want you to be on. I genuinely have a vibe with you, mm-hmm. and it, trust me, Corey. Like, I was meaning to come to you and tell you. But what makes it funny was I had one person come to me and was just like, hey, can I be on your podcast? You know, I've been listening to your past episodes and I think it'd be mm-hmm. great. And I brought him on and all they wanted to do. And the podcast is designed to have you talk about you, right? But this guy went above and beyond like, talking about to the point where I was like, I checked out of the conversation. I was like, I really regret making this episode. <laughs> You know, other episode, other stuff that's thrown me off on episodes. We're just gonna talk shop for a couple of minutes. We're just gonna talk shop about 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 bad episodes and bad bad interviews we've done. Um, I it's like I made plans to do. Uh, I had made plans to do a podcast with a guy who is also a podcaster, but on his podcast, he like co-hosts it with some other guy. So I sent him the StreamYard link, and then like, then two things pop up, two two screens pop up in the backstage area, and mm-hmm. I was like, 
what two people? I don't, I don't, two people. And then like they were like they both got on, and I, I was like, this sucks. Like I didn't even put the episode out. Like there was like we couldn't even couldn't even make the conversation work correctly. And I was mm. like, I thought I was just gonna talk to the one guy. Uh, nah, I'm just scrapping this whole thing. Sorry. Yeah, I I haven't had that. I haven't. I've had to scrap episodes not because of like just bad communication. I had to scrap episodes because like something happened with that person and I didn't know about it. So remember, was it 2020? The speaking out movement was going on. Had a bunch of guys that were on the show that I did not know that they were. And that's what and I learned really quickly that in the, there's a lot of scumbags in the wrestling business. Oh, you learned, you learned <laughs> that. You learned, learned that, that as the podcast had to come out. You didn't learn that before. No, had no oh, idea. Shoot. Yeah, that was an eye opening moment, especially when it was like the we had three episodes that were getting planned to get dropped. Right. Mm. All three episodes were like one of the first names that were mentioned and i was like we can't even put this out so i had to go grab like other guests and like interview them really quick and then put their episodes out and like you wouldn't know if i didn't tell you right right but I, we've had probably 200 like realistically i think we've had like 255 episodes and 250 of them are on their way out so five of those episodes were people that we couldn't even have on the show man i was like yeah. Oh wow! And then, like, I'm reading about some of the guys. I'm like, oh, oh man, Christ is kind of averted. <laughs> yeah, who dodged a bullet on that one? Yeah. Dodged a bullet. Dodged a bullet club on that one. Oh, a, yeah. club of, a club of bullets. Uh, he, just, the funny thing is, like, um, I'd say, uh, I'd say at this point, now, what, like, I've. 269 episodes of my podcast but i probably like i i have like a bunch of episodes that i've just done whole new episodes of it because i had to scrap those ones so realistically i probably have like three or four hundred episodes of the podcast i just i'm not gonna put that one out because like (laughs) it'll be like real bad it'll be like oh well i must have been real desperate for content that week because because (laughs) this episode is bad uh and I, 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 I like truly wish, honestly, if like when I started doing this, I was like, I'd want my podcast to be a show I'd want to listen to if I wasn't me. Like I'd want, I want that for everything. I want, like when it comes to my wrestling career, I'd want, I'd want to pay money to see me wrestle. Like that's why I'm doing it. I, that's the, the, the influence and the style I'd be a fan and come watch me wrestle if I wasn't me. I'd be a fan of my podcast if I wasn't me. I'd want to listen to it. And I'd want those kind of conversations to kind of all kind of mesh well together. And it's like, it's like, why is this person being so combative with me? Like when it comes to like trying to trying to have a conversation and put it on the podcast, I'm like, bro, I asked you to listen to some episodes first. Like, no, that's inside baseball too. I don't, I don't tell, I don't tell all the people who listen that. Before the show starts, I, I I go, hey, you know, just listen to an episode or two and kind of get a vibe for what the show is. But, like, sometimes people don't do that at all. And then they have, like, this, like, they kind of, like, clash with me a little bit and, like, cut me off too much and try right. to speak over me. And then, like, 
say hateful things and uh, just you, you, you effed it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, as, as soon as you asked me to, I was like, yo, bet. And I went and checked out some of the episodes. And crazy oh. enough, one of the guests I checked out was Kelly McMurphy because we've had him on our podcast as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, just listening to you guys' vibe, I was like, oh, I was like, this is definitely like I and I'm pretty flexible. Like I, I think that's one thing about me too is I'm, mm-hmm. I'm adaptable and I can just kind of mold with everybody else. Mm-hmm. And that was one thing that I was like definitely gonna have a lot of fun on this podcast <laughs> because conversations can go all over the place. Yeah, so that I'm totally in with this. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think at first, at first, I like wanted to make sure I ticked a bunch of boxes. Like for some reason, I thought that like if if it if it if we talk about if we wind up talking at one point about uh, what happens when you die, oh, that'll be really entertaining for everybody. Everybody will want to hear about that. Oh, if we talk about what your drug experiences have been like, everybody wants to know what everybody's drug experiences have been like. Like, So I'm like, all right, I let go of like those expectations I was holding on to myself to like talk about like what your evol- evolving has been. And then, and then the show kind of evolves into something new and more laid back. Because then I yeah. don't feel like there's this like pressure of structure that is so, huh, like so forced. Okay, so I got a question. Then I'm gonna ask you, uh, if you knew the day that you were going to die, okay, how would you choose to go out? How would I choose to go out? Yeah. I mean, um. In a way that wasn't a, a pain for anyone else in my life. Like, I wouldn't want someone to find my body and be like, oh, I got to clean all this up. Yuck. <laughs> like, I wouldn't want that kind of thing. But, I mean, uh, it would be cool if, like, uh, I was on a cruise ship and it sunk or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I like that a lot, actually. So, uh, And I'm going on a cruise in October with my girlfriend and my family. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I was telling I, I I my friends like we always talk about this just randomly and this was even before the military, but I was like yo you know how I want to go out I was like if I knew the day and the time that I was supposed to go out right I'm climbing to the top of the Empire State Building I'm hawking the biggest loogie and I'm just gonna try to catch it like I'm just gonna try to jump off and catch it like that's the goal <laughs> that's how I'm going out like and then when people be like when they're at my funeral and stuff which I don't want one by the way like I just don't. But if I had one, I want people to be like, you know what? Good for Cliff. That's what he wanted to do. <laughs> That's what he was aiming. And he did it. <laughs> he was a Cliff diver. He was. He said, Cliff spits, Cliff catches, Cliff dove. <laughs> like, That's what I want. I was, and it's funny because like my, like my wife and I will talk about this all the time. And I've, I've said it a few times, and I, I thought about it. Because, you know, people, like, want to have, like, these elaborate things happening, right, for their funerals and stuff. And they're like, yeah, I want to be, like, I want to be buried and have all my friends around me and say all this good stuff. And I was listening to um, the New Day's podcast, right, Feel the Power. And Big E, like, opened up my, my eyes to, like, <laughs> he's like, you know what I want when I die? He's like, I don't even want the body to be cold yet. Just throw me in a ditch. Don't say nothing. Don't do nothing. Just throw me in a ditch and <laughs> just leave me. I was like, I want that too. I don't want to be <laughs> inconvenienced. I don't want someone to be like, we're going to say some words. From, like, what happened to Cliff? Mm, I just got him in a ditch. Like, oh, he's, so he died. <laughs> he's, go- he's gone. 
He's gone. He, he's gone. Good for him. That's how he wanted to go. <laughs> well, well, I mean, <laughs> I I think I think as far as like wanting no no like um no ceremony, no big thing. I mean, I don't want anyone to really be put out by any kind of ceremony kind of thing. Like, I don't want anyone to have to like take days off of work and like travel. Like, I don't need, I don't need all that. I'm already gone. I'm not going to be there to see that you're there. <laughs> like, um, just, uh, you know, uh, just donate my brain to Boston college and, uh, to- toss me in a dumpster. Yeah, like that. Yeah. Just you know, just check my head. Just make sure, like you know, when they go through and they look at my brain, they're like, "Man, there's a lot of holes in here." I'm like, "Yeah, also, that's what happens." <laughs> also, also, ditch my phone. I don't want anyone finding that shit. I don't want... <laughs> delete my browser history, please. Just, just like that's just, it. <laughs> just like throw, cremate me. Include my phone. Throw my phone yeah. and me in the incinerator at the same time. Yes. <laughs> just get rid of. Listen. My laptop, once that gone. My Xbox, don't even know why, but that's gotta go. <laughs> but like, it's not it's like that. There's anything even incriminating on there. It's just that there are so many. Like in my notes, they're just like unfinished premises that people won't understand. People are like, what, what is, what is, what is grocery store line? I don't get. Why does it say that in his notes? This guy's confusing. I don't get it. Like, why did he say he was going to divorce a Red Dog character? That doesn't make any sense to me. Like, yo, what character? Was, I thought I thought that was just him all the time. Like, I thought he was just at 100 for no reason. Like, I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's, those are things. Those are things I think of randomly when I'm driving to work. I'm just like, yeah. man, if I went out today, how would I want to go out? Mm-hmm. Like, I just, hallelujah, <laughs> you off the Empire State Building. Don't bury me. Just, yeah, you know what? He went out like he did. <laughs> my 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 aunt Pat, who babysat me when I was a little kid, had this this like trap door in her in her kitchen that she would like sweep all the dirt into, and it would like go into this tube that would go into a trash can. It's like find something like that for me. Just sweep me into this little trap door <laughs> thing. I'll be fine. Yo, I like it though. <laughs> I like this this thing, man. Look, I'm trying to be convenient for y'all. Like, not just me, everybody out there, anybody, you know, like, with my wife, too, like, hey, man, like, listen, if I go, I know the military is going to want to do the military burial for me, that's fine, let them give you the flag, but just throw me in the ditch, just, <laughs> just or, you know, just, like, listen, put me on a plane, just send a plane off, don't have a pilot, just autopilot out there, but even you just have, have the pilot take the plane off, hit the mm-hmm. autopilot and jump out, and then well, parachute you, safely to See, that's going to cost somebody some money. That's gonna cost somebody some money. Do you want that? that? That'd be the only. That'd be my extravagant thing. <laughs> <laughs> like was I, fireworks was, on there I was worth it. I was worth it. <laughs> Put a couple Roman candles in there so that when the plane goes, like there's just a giant firework. <laughs> this is so silly. <laughs> that, so, I just thought like that might be fun. I don't know. <laughs> So what's important to me, and this is um, so, something that I've decided I'm going to continue to do for a long time, is uh, I want to say that the things that I want to say to you on the record. On the record right now, on this very day, which is the 22nd of May, 22. So two, the 22nd 
of 22, right? May 22, 22. I want to say to you that I'm 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 glad we we've connected. I'm glad we that we're having this conversation. I'm glad that you um, spent some of the currency of your effort on listening to me and 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 some of your time, some of your time and effort in hanging with me and chatting with me and wanting to like hang out. And I'm excited about this being the very beginning of what our friendship is going to be. And you know, we've probably met each other two or three times before. Now our conversations when we meet in person are going to be way different than they have been. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm excited to see what we do. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe we can like work some matches or something. I caught some of your match against Joe at the last vintage show against K- Sake. Yeah. That was neat. So much fun with that. Yeah. That seemed like a lot of fun. I, I, uh, I don't, think i know that we teamed for a minute but i don't know if i've ever wrestled him before you know it was crazy it was crazy getting to work that match right the -hmm. thing is is like i have like a top 10 of people that i've ever like i want to work for this year right Mm -hmm. and then going back and like looking at it now like there's been opportunities that have opened up with other wrestlers that i just never imagined right i never imagined the time that i would be working with cade or stockade how people know him mm-hmm. i never thought about that right and the reason why was because like it's not someone i i knew right but i knew of him because of uh, a mutual friend that cade and i both have whose name is mason martin and when i met when i got to talking to mason mason was like hey you know here's some things like just you know keep yourself normal right now i was like i don't know what that means because i'm super out there anyway but mm-hmm. getting me with kate and stuff and just getting educated into like the business and stuff like that was one of the coolest experiences like i've had in my time and that yeah and i definitely getting to interview him on the podcast as well and stuff it was just it was so real to, it was like a surreal moment to me because i was like this is not this is not someone that i thought i would be talking with or even mm-hmm. just working and yeah. here I am doing both. And I was like, cool. man, like this world of wrestling is like really opened me up in different experiences and in different ways that I've had, you know, professionally, professionally and personally, you know, mm-hmm. I was telling, I, I'll tell you this story. You'll like this. So I was at SWF last year, right in May. That's in, uh, in New York. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. I know what it is. Well, I don't really know directly what it is, but I kind of i I know my friend Vinny works works slash works. I don't know if he works there, but I know he used to always post that he was on their shows. Um. So I'm sitting in the back, right? And my friend Ron Holiday is. I'm sitting there listening to this conversation with all these vets, right? I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, not saying a fucking word. Just listening to the conversation, right? And so, uh, anyway, so Ron, and anybody who knows Ron Holiday will already have an impression of Ron Holiday. And so here's, like, my impression. This is how the conversation goes with me and Ron, right? He's like, all right, buddy, tell them what your name is. And I was like, well, they they call me Red Dog. And uh, mind you, the veterans are now looking at me like I'm fucking stupid, which is fine. But Mm -hmm. he's like, why did they call you Red Dog, buddy? I was like, because my first name's Clifford. And Sandman goes, oh, my God. Are you serious? (laughs) (laughs) I watched Clifford Big Red Dog with my grandson all the time, so I know all about Clifford. He's like, how long have you been in the business, kid? And I was like, "Uh, like 14 months at the time, right? Mm. 
Jesus Christ. I remember when I was 14 months in the business, I was in Memphis working a match with Jerry the, Jerry the King Lawler. He's like, do you even know who that is? <laughs> I was like, yes, sir. I know who that is. He's like, yeah. He's like, this is the time where heels and faces didn't even sit in the same locker room. <laughs> so we're having this full conversation. And I was like, I never in my life imagined that I would be sitting with the guy I considered an ECW icon. That I would be mm-hmm. sitting in a locker room talking to him and let alone having him tell me a story about Jerry King Lawler, which I was like, yeah. I was dumbfounded. I was like, this is, this is great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it it does become like the the funny thing is like man, like like having your like little freak out mark out moments when you're young in the business and like coming in like I would say uh, my my first match that I had into in the ECW arena like I was just a kid like I didn't appreciate that I mean. But then I go back and I watch old ECW stuff like and go, oh, well, that was a building where all this important stuff happened. (laughs) (laughs) And and for sure, being somebody who, you know, being somebody who uh, was a I'm a I'm a, a Philly kid. So watching that on Philly TV, like WGTW channel 48, the channel ECW was on. Uh, and being on that channel and being in that building is it's a cool little mark out moment for my but i mean i got quickly desensitized to it because uh i i was there every month now at that point but i i fully understand that and uh, and then like i think that was where i met sandman and uh that he he's that guy's a character dude <laughs> he really is <laughs> that dude is a character man I love it. Yeah. I was, I was so, I, I had to just a, a new genuine of appreciation for him. The, the first time that we got to sit down and have like this conversation, I was like, man, this is like one of the coolest things that I'll ever get to learn. And I was like, I was just appreciative that I get to sit down and just, just have a conversation with him and, and, and listen to his story and, and learn lessons. Right. Uh, yeah. The point of his story that he was telling me was that always listen to your veteran. Right. But <laughs> the one thing that made me laugh was he was supposed to have a gimmick, right? Cause he was supposed to hit Jerry with a gimmick and he didn't have one. So Jerry threw him out the ring and was like, you better ha- act like you have a gimmick. So Sandman like reached into his singlet and hit him. Right. Mm-hmm. And as he hits Jerry, Jerry goes out and then Sandman goes, yeah. And he's celebrating. But he, he's just showing that he didn't have a gimmick because he never went back in his tights to let it go. He just hit him and then just celebrated. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I'm trying not to laugh at this story. I'm just like, oh, yeah, listening intently, but I'm smiling at the same time. And then I realized, like, after I walk away, the lesson, I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, you should always at- – reenact what you just acted <laughs> well well like you gotta you gotta sell the cheap seats you gotta be <laughs> hey you guys see this you see this gimmick i'm holding <laughs> when i was in after after i was uh it took a couple weeks there's some there was an incident that happened and i don't, I don't really talk too much about it because it's it's out there it's, everybody knows but um mm-hmm. uh, I, I i was talking back to my trainer about well i was talking to nick with about it and uh i was mm-hmm. like dude I still laugh every time I, I think about this story because here's Sandman telling me about how he was like, I hit Jerry so hard 
And then I celebrated and I realized I never put the gimmick back in my singlet. <laughs> I was like, yo, that's great. <laughs> he got me. Bro, I I uh I have this this story that I I I probably I've probably told it in a bunch of locker rooms and I've probably told it on this podcast a couple of times, but it's like I was in I was in Memphis area i don't remember where but um it was i wrestled against my friend uh nick paradise and uh nick and i decided we were gonna we were gonna not call anything we were just gonna figure it all out out there it was like we're gonna go out there and no matter what we get to no matter what you're gonna continue to distract the ref and then you're gonna hit me in my balls we're gonna do we're gonna do that for the whole match no matter and it was go back to me continu- continuing to sell my balls uh and then and then at the end of the match we 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 um okay w- he hits me with a spine buster and i kick out at two and he loses his mind and he goes out in the front row and he grabs somebody's chair and he comes back in with the chair and he goes to swing the chair on me and the ref grabs the chair hey no and then the ref goes outside of the ring and he goes to put it back into the audience, and he's setting the chair up. And while he's setting the chair up back in the audience, Nick goes throw me off. I baseball slide through his legs, and I do a like a football punt kick up to his balls from the back. Boom! And then he starts selling it. He starts selling it. Ah! And then he stops selling it completely. And he <laughs> reaches into his he reaches into his singlet, and he pulls out a cup, and he hits me with the cup. And then throws it back in there, goes for the pin, just in time for the ref to turn back around and slide back in and count the three count. <laughs> and that was like that was the that was the story of the match that we told. But then I <laughs> then I I came out of the ring and I was still on my face and I I made eye contact with this woman and I was like, did he hit me with something? I feel like he hit me with something. And she was like, yeah, he hit you with his pecker cup. <laughs> He hit you with his pecker cup. So, that's that's amazing. So, <laughs> never never talk about anything that has to do with a cup without calling it a pecker cup. That's gonna. I've never heard that way, but I'm obviously gonna refer Me to either. it that way now. <laughs> I had never heard of it that way until that woman said it. Yep, and that's gonna be the thing. That's gonna have to have it be said forever now. <laughs> forever. So, um, on the record, I. I Want to make sure um, all the stuff I said that uh, that I, I'm excited about us having this new friendship and where this is heading. But I also uh, I also want to tell you that I respect you, man. It's it's incredible to see um, to see this this amount of respect. Like you you like deserve respect, and I'm feeling like I want to throw some of it your way, and then. Uh, Thank you for being that example. Thank you for for showing me that that it can exist in this. I mean, I guess you're you're my age, but we're the you're like the younger generation of the business coming through, and uh, it's it's kind of lending hope to me in some way. And uh, I want to, on the record, say thank you for that. And on at the same time, I want to throw that thing back around. And ask you if there's anything you'd like to ask me or say to me on the record. You fully are welcome to do that right here at this time. 
you know it's funny man because like the first time i saw you i saw you with the drum mm-hmm. and i was like i have no idea what's going on but i'm captivated by what i'm seeing right uh-huh. and uh and it was like the, the next couple of shows i got to see you and got to talk to you a little bit and i was like all right this kind of dudes i see i can vibe with right but um then you reached out to me and you were like hey like do you want to you want to i was like yeah definitely let's do this and then the more I get to talk to you, the more I'm excited. Yeah, like this friendship is definitely be something that's going to explode, and it's going to be yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's We're, just it's it's cool to meet people who just like have like a genuine uh, connection with you, right? And like mm-hmm. you can you can literally talk about anything. And I, I tell people all the time that one of my favorite things, and this could be kind of like me. This would be me marking on me. One of my favorite things I tell people all the time is that I don't meet. I don't, I don't know strangers, right? I just meet people I haven't met in a long time. And mm. that's how I treat everybody. I'm just like, yo, like, if I had never talked to you before, I'm going to come talk to you. And we're probably going to find some reason to, like, have a genuine conversation, whether it's through wrestling or comics or movies or comedians, right? Because you had mentioned that earlier. We can yeah. talk about it all. And it, I, we will have so much fun with the conversation. And mm. I think that's the one thing that... Like I, when I get to find find things with people that I could connect with, that's what makes other connections like so much better, right? And that's why I'm glad that we were able to sit down and have this conversation because this is like really our first time getting to have a conversation. Yeah, but for sure. We definitely are having like I'm having a ball like here just talking to you. Yeah, dude, because everything's been so single serving. Everything's <laughs> been so like, hey, bro, what's up, dude? How's it going? Bye. <laughs> right. Go, like, go go out there and have fun. We're here, we're here on this podcast. It's an hour and 15 right now. And we're like, yo, it's already an hour and 15 gone by. I'm like, that's crazy that you can have a conversation with someone and the time just cruises through. Well, I have just a few other things. I just have a few other things. And then uh, I'll send you off into the sunset with a hot dog and a handshake. Yes. Uh, you know, okay. I got my first hot dog and a handshake at IWA. And I was so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, did you get? Did you yeah. got? Did you get a hot dog and a handshake as your as your pizza DJ? That was no, your no, no, no. But what ended up happening was I walked. <laughs> I remember walking around and then someone was like giving a hot dog, so I got a hot dog, right? Uh, and uh, I saw, I saw a Brian. I walk uh, up and I was like, "Hey, I was, hey, thank you, sir, for the opportunity." And I was like, "I got a hot dog and a handshake." And my trainer was like, "You're such a fucking mark." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, that's the, up, Nick. That, that's the way. That's the way I um. That's the way I end every. The, the, I start wrapping up every episode as I tell everybody they're gonna get a hot dog and a handshake. Um, <laughs> but you know, maybe I don't. Maybe I didn't say that to somebody who asked me to pay them money to to be on the podcast. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I didn't mention that. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe. Maybe don't ask me for money to do my podcast if you're not gonna add any value to it. Right. Maybe that. Because no value has been added due to your do you know what what's another thing that that bugs me and I, I'll get back to the hot dog and the handshake <laughs> and wrapping things up but the fact that like I get bugged by someone when someone agrees to do the podcast and I ask them to check out the show and they they say they checked it out and then they then they and I send them the StreamYard link and then they open it up and they're like on their phone in their car or something or like oh. outside in, in their phone. And I'm like, you don't have a headphone. You don't have headphones. You don't have uh like, have you never been on any podcast ever before? Have you ever n- listened to a podcast ever before? 
it's like eh, I'm not shitting on people, but like, but like, get your shit together, brother. I've had I've had a few people do interviews from their car, which by all means, like I don't knock. Yeah, it. I, I mean, I it, it's it's kind of a studio sometimes. Like, yeah. it's the only quiet place, especially especially if you got kids and you got there. Everybody's got varying volumes on whatever they're watching or listening to. <laughs> all all up in your space it's so like it's your quiet space fully get it i fully fully get it you know it's just uh if someone's in their car and they're like driving like i get to me when you're steady when you're still and you're not i think that's been that's been a good number of my throwaway episodes have been like when when i start to talk to somebody and they're not and they're driving in their car and they're still trying they're trying to like be a guest on my podcast while running errands and it's like prioritize brother yeah and i'm fine i'm fine to not have you as a guest on the podcast if if you wanted to just say no you don't want to do it i understand yeah i i love doing these i love doing podcasts because it's just a time to where i get to kind of like I, I don't know. I'm like I said, I tell people like I'm the same person on camera as I am off camera. So if you come and meet me and you're like, you know, who's Cliff or who's Red Dog, you're going to see that person. Mm-hmm. But I love doing these podcasts because it's like I get to have open conversations with people. And then like everybody else who's like watching gets to have like that insider's world because like, I don't know if you I had a person tell me, right. They're like, I love listening to your podcast because. When I go meet wrestlers, I feel like I have something to genuinely talk to them about, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what's so cool. And that's what I love. And that's why – I guess that's why I'm okay with wherever people want to record their podcast from. If you want to do it from the car, please don't drive. Like, that's the only thing I ask because <laughs> I don't want you to crash. Like, I want you to be safe. Like, it's not mm-hmm. that important. The podcast is not the end of the world if you – you know. But I find it funny when people come to me and say, yeah, it's going to be uh, $200 to be on your podcast. I'm like, mm that so that's not in our budget but you could have just said no <laughs> and that would have also suffice as well you don't have to throw well, a number like, out at me it's like bro okay okay for me to go to a town for me to go make a town and like put all my gear on that i had custom made i paid for that stuff to get custom made which was hundreds of dollars and, and and I'll bring I'll bring the drum. I'll bring I'll bring the whole presentation. I'm not asking for as much money as you're asking me to be on my podcast. Like you, you get you get where like what you're gonna what you're gonna get, offer me as a guest on my show is as much as I'm gonna offer to somebody who would also easily pay me just in a hot dog and a handshake. Right. <laughs> uh, I love bro, it. That's. Anyway, so I have this I have this segment on the show that I call audio time travel. Okay? So, the fact that this audio, this video, this medium, this this record of this conversation is going to outlive both of us. Not only is it going to outlive both of us, but you know, like one of us is one of us it's going to go before the other. So, right. we will have the opportunity to cut like I've had a couple of my friends who've done the show who aren't with us anymore. And I, I listened to those episodes and they've helped me a lot in, in those times. But I also, that's why it's important for me to tell, like constantly say on the record, I want to say this, 
I want to make sure I state timestamp this as our first fucking meaningful real friend conversation. Uh, but I also want to say audio time travel. Let's say someone stumbles across this audio 20 years from now. You know, you, you I'm I'm not saying realistically you're going to be gone or anything, but just saying like this is a good timestamp on who you are right here and right now. Let's say your wife or your daughter stumble across this podcast. What is the message that 36-year-old Cliff, 36-year-old dad is giving to to that version that 2042 version of your wife or your daughter, what messages are going directly to them? You're speaking to them right now. The next words that come out of your mouth. The first thing is I want you to know that I love you with all my heart and that that will never change regardless of anything. Uh, To my daughter, I want you to know that I have never been afraid of achieving or going after my dreams and neither should you. It's the tops. Like no matter what life throws your way, even if you have to postpone what you want to do in life, just go do it. And don't be afraid. Because the one thing I've, I've always told you was the reason why we fall down is to get back up. And yes, I did take that from Batman. <laughs> Batman Begin. Oh, yeah. And we've talked about that a few I'm, times. Was that in the Dark Knight? Uh, it was Batman Begins in the first. The, was, it, the, was it the first yeah, one? Okay, okay, yeah, cool. So, so, definitely so said that. Because I'll smack up again. <laughs> it's yeah. like, why do we fall down to get back up? Uh, did, you like, did you like the Batman? I'm sorry. This is not. This is you're in the in the audio time travel right now. <laughs> uh, and it's my wife. You know, it's just that I know that I could be a pain in the ass. I know I have been a pain in the ass, and I know there are days where you're just like frustrated with me beyond belief. But just know that I appreciate everything that you've done for me and all the things that you do for me, uh, with me and all the things that you put up with me uh, to help everything out. Uh, I know that there's a period of time, especially where I lost a lot of my confidence in who I was as a person and who I was as a man. But I'm glad that you stuck with me. You rode with me. You were my true ride or die. And I definitely appreciate everything about you to ends of the world and on this day in particular, I am very grateful that you are as strong as you are in having a conversation as you have with our daughter, especially regarding our dog, because um, it's very important, even though he's been our best friend for the last 13 years. At this time, he's doing okay just laying on the floor. But earlier today, we were definitely worried. <laughs> we thought that that might be the, the end of the road for him. Um, so I'm grateful that you were there just having a conversation with our daughter about it. What did you think of the Batman? Yeah, I loved I loved the Dark Knight trilogy. Um, the Dark Knight uh, was clearly my favorite, as I think most people would say that, that the sequel was great. Um, I haven't seen a new one yet with Robert Pattinson, but I'm very curious. And I did like Ben Affleck. Um, mm. My favorite Batman of all of them, though, still to this day, is going to be Val Kilmer. Like, I just thought he was cool in the way that he portrayed himself, and I thought Bruce Wayne was the best. Uh, well, but Batman Michael Keaton. 
Batman Forever was so cool. Batman Forever was a cool movie, and and like I think that was the only one Val Kilmer did. Yeah, but I like supposed it. to do this. He was supposed to do Batman and Robin, but he yeah, and then George like, Clooney. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because they were like, we want to put a Batman on. He was like, I'm out. <laughs> what, a, what a weird choice. But anyway, I saw the Robert Pattinson one twice, and it was awesome. Um, I've heard that. I've heard great and, things about it. And um, in in 2019, 2019, during during the lockdown, we um, we released a 15 minute short film that me and my friends made, and it's a, a Batman uh, fan film. It's like a 15 minute short fan film, alternate universe Batman. It's pretty rad. I'll send you the link to it. I'll have to check it out. Because my and, friend, my friend, actually, that's what he does. He makes yeah. fan films on YouTube. Actually, oh, he cool. just released one uh, last year uh, called Batman Dying is Easy. Mm. Uh, and he plays the Joker. And Kevin Porter is actually Batman. Kevin, Who's Kevin Porter? He, uh, so he actually, he's done a few different roles. Uh, but he's always like the stunt double for like Jason Voorhees. Okay. Okay. So cool. I'll send you. I'll send you the link. He's like cool, six cool. four, like two forty. He's a thick Batman. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Cool. Okay. One last thing. One last thing. So this is the way I. This is the way we wrap it up every time. Is I. I'll tell you, uh, hypothetically, hypothetically, I've gifted you this show. Okay, so from now on, this is Evolving with Red Dog, and this has been your first episode, your pilot episode of Evolving with Red Dog. In a very Jerry Springer's final thought type of way, how would you how would you wrap it up in a pretty little bow and get all the, the most valuable takeaways from this episode and encourage people to be a better version of themselves tomorrow than they are today? Oh, that's easy. So Will Smith, I know he's not the most popular person right now. He said this, right? Um, he was talking about how he was drinking with his friends. And his friends were all like, we should go skydiving. He was like, yeah, we should go skydiving. He didn't want to go skydiving, though. He really didn't. Um, but he ended up going skydiving the next morning, right? And uh, he said that he was loaded up. He's getting ready to get out of the plane, right? And obviously the guys are there. He's like, we're going to go on three, buddy. One, two. And then they jump, right? Because they don't ever go on three. They go on two. Um, but he said there was so much fear before the jump that once the jump happened, he realized that on the other side of fear is ecstasy. And you should never be scared about going after what you want to go after. And I take that to heart. Uh, for me, I have done so many different things in life. I've never been afraid to say, let me try that out and see what that's like. Uh, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, you know. Uh, but at least you gave it a shot. And whether it was going to college or going into the military or just becoming a parent, that's a whole journey in itself. <laughs> Being married is also a journey. Uh, finding wrestling or finding what your true calling is. Don't be afraid to explore because that's ultimately what you need to do in life. No one has it figured out. No one has it figured out. Elon Musk still doesn't have it figured out. And that man has billions of dollars go explore have fun with life because that's what you really should be doing do you do any impressions 
Uh, well, every once in a while, I do this impression of Eric Cartman, but uh, sometimes it's not as good as it should be, and I have to worry about what my mom says because she doesn't like to fuck. <laughs> well, normally I say whatever impressions you have. Uh, just if you say what the the closing tagline of the show is, "Be fun, have safe, keep evolving," in your whatever your best impression is. <laughs> Uh, guys, my name is Eric Cartman, and you guys should be safe, have fun, and keep evolving. Thank you. If this is your first time checking out Evolving with Corey Castle, uh, go ahead and check out the other 200 and, 268 other episodes. Uh, maybe hit maybe hit follow or subscribe or whatever you do at Corey Castle on here. And uh, check a look at it all and if if you've if you've spent any of the currency of your effort and time checking out anything i've ever said or done or anything that red dog's ever said or done and this is you're you're crossing over keep keep joining us watch where this friendship goes <laughs> definitely be fun have safe keep evolving all right Dang. okay See, you see what the thing is. I have two different mouses here, and if you pluralize two, you would just say mouses, right? You wouldn't say mice because. No, you would say mice. <laughs> Be fun, have safe, keep evolving. <laughs>